Welcome to Little Bit Weebish, the podcast where two friends find out the other also likes anime and they relive and discuss their favorite anime episode by episode. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm Megan. Okay, Sammy, I'm super excited about this podcast episode in particular. These were such crazy episodes. I I would agree. (laughs) Yes. So hopefully you all have watched episodes 7, 8, and 9, and we're going to kick it off with episode 7. The title of this episode is Small Blade, The Struggle for Trost, Part 3, and we'll start out with a 30-second summary. No citizens have been harmed in the most recent Titan attack, though you can't say the same for the Vanguard and cadets. Many have died trying to protect the city, even Aaron. Armin is found by another group of cadets, and they realize his whole group has been killed. Without much gas to propel them back to HQ, and a slew of titans in between them, there is little hope that they will make make it back, until Mikasa gives a motivational speech. It is then that Armin tells Mikasa that Eren is dead. She urges the group of cadets to follow her and to kill as many titans as possible. As they do so, many cadets still die, and Mikasa is taken down in an alley as she is recklessly making her way towards HQ. As she is about to give up, a rogue titan kills another titan about to eat Mikasa. Armin arrives next to Mikasa and as they realize that this new and abnormal titan might help them make their way to safety. Oh, game changer. So first what we want to do is with this being the title small blade you know we see in a few instances where they make a very big point to show um a lot of screen time to this small blade which starts out as mikasa's small blade and eventually armin when he says mikasa is the one to help us get to safety i'll give you my extra gas, I'll give you my blades, I'll take this small blade. It made me wonder, what's the symbolism behind this small blade? And what does it represent? Because clearly, they are dedicating time for us to visually see this. So what could it mean? And it's, it is, you know, the whole entire episode is named this, so it must be important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that you, you have a really good point. Um, I didn't even think about that. I didn't pay attention to the title of this one and I didn't (laughs) even think about the blade. But now that you're talking about it, it just, yeah, what does it symbolize? Does it symbolize weakness? Does it symbolize hope? What do you Mm -hmm. think? Well, in my mind, I feel like maybe the small blade represents that last bit of fight to live. We did touch Mm -hmm. on this in the last podcast episode because when Mikasa first thought um first fought as a child to save herself and Aaron it was with a small knife and I feel like this almost parallels to adult Mikasa who is nearing that all hope is lost kind of level and is almost like paralyzed she's fallen into this alley 
and she's out of gas. She hears a Titan coming, but literally is on her knees. And all she has is this one blade left. And she just all of a sudden, just like a power comes to her and she keeps fighting. And in her mind, she's like, why am I still fighting? Why do I have this strong will to live? I Mm -hmm. think the blade symbolizes that last bit of fight to live. That's a really good point. I mean, she does have a lot of um, flashbacks in this moment to her first encounter with Aaron during her kidnap, her kidnapping um, and seeing that knife that she used and Aaron used. And so uh, going Mm -hmm. back and forth, I think that that is a really good point that you've made. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then at the very end with Armin taking this small knife, he in his own very limited way, is wanting to have at least some way to defend himself. Obviously, he kind of gives up on his ability to actually conquer a Titan. That seems a little too big of a thing for him. But he wants to at least have something, and so that's why I feel like it's just that little bit... Um you know, to be brave, that little bit to actually fight. Um, and I just, it makes me think of how by just going and pushing through and, you know, taking that last bit, it doesn't mean that you're absent of fear. It just means that you are pushing through and pushing forward and being brave despite that fear with a strong will to live. Yeah, and so here is another thing that I just thought of. Um, I remember the encounter where he's switching out the blades and the gas and everything, and he says, if mm-hmm. you just leave me this last little knife mm-hmm. um, so that I can – I can't remember if he says defend himself, but immediately I thought of he's going to commit suicide with it. He's going to take oh, a more yeah. dignified death, I guess, like taking matters into his own hands instead of being – left to a titan to finish him mm-hmm. off i guess mm-hmm. um, because and and honestly with that thought i thought also well it kind of makes sense for him because seeing aaron be eaten was mm-hmm. so traumatizing mm-hmm. um and i think that that is also for armin a last bit of fight to live like he wants to to live and die on on his own terms um I could be totally wrong but that's what flashed through my mind um in that instance I think that you are right and I feel like that is actually more Armin's speed just doing things on his own terms because I mean are they ever really able to take things on their own terms so I do think you are right with that point. And thankfully, f- and it, I feel like it actually makes Mikasa's statement to Armin more poignant, where she literally takes this blade from him and throws it down. Like, you can't get this anymore. And she says to him, I will not leave you behind. And I feel like Mikasa probably knew what he meant too. And that's why she said that. 
And let's not forget Connie, because Connie was there that entire time, and he's my absolute favorite. Yep, <laughs> Connie was there too. <laughs> and he was just carrying, he's just carrying Armin through the air, and I was just like, oh, so precious. I know, while Mikasa handles business with those titans, Connie, little Connie, just <laughs> carries sweet little Armin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that we have nailed kind of what that small blade represents. Now, the next one that really stood out to me was leadership. Um, just the contrast of leaders and what they could have been, the reluctant leaders. And for those of you who've watched this, you kind of know that episodes seven and eight kind of you know, bleed into one another in terms of the storyline and what's happening with Mikasa's group of people and Jean's group of people. So this theme will actually kind of bleed into both of these episodes. Um, of course, we know that leadership also played a role, at least in my mind, in episode nine, but we're going to save that part specifically for later. Um... Because, yeah, uh, Sammy, I noticed, well, first off, the older commander who's got a crazy mustache-beard combo, <laughs> um, he has his younger cadets, and he's telling them to move because he has to go to the interior under the guise of preventing a logistical nightmare. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, please. And one of the cadets actually called him out. He's yeah. like, how dare you, you know, getting offended. But and saying, I will court martial you and you will be tried for treason. Mm -hmm. and exactly. Trying to be all like, how dare you talk to a, your superior officer that way? But at the same time, it's like, we know what you really want to do. You want to stay as far away from the conflict. Um, and let's put a pin on him because he will show up later. But he is in a form of leadership, formal leadership, and he's obviously doing it wrong. Um, but then there are people like Mikasa and Jean, in my mind, who, who either were chosen as leaders by their peers or could have been. Um, Mikasa is the could have. Uh, Mikasa is the could have been in my mind because she was at the top of her class. You know, she's clearly um, superior in terms of her skills to her peers. And yet, when it comes to them heading to HQ, getting supplies, she doesn't embrace or encourage the others for their skills either. She just says, mm -hmm. I have the power to slaughter all the titans in our path, and I'm surrounded by cowardly worms. You all disappoint me. And you can watch how it's done. Yeah. And so it's like, if you want to be motivational, well, actually, Jean comments, he's like, not going to lie. Your words are kind of let down. I expected something a little more motivational. Yeah. Um, you know, and because Mikasa runs off, no one comes after her. She totally could have had all the other cadets really get behind her. but she just shut him down and then when Jean he actually you know he kind of almost 
uh, called everyone out and said, hey, don't just stand there. We were taught to not let our comrades fight alone unless you're a coward. And if that's the case, stay out of my way. And for him, it's very different because he's not saying you're all worthless, but he's saying, hey, if you're not a coward, uh, let's go, you know, and that is what motivates them to go after Jean, not Mikasa. Um, And I think that's pretty telling. Yeah, no, I think that that's interesting. Um, We've talked a lot about Mikasa's strengths and how she's just a powerhouse in all aspects. Um, And I think that we found one of her weaknesses, like, yes, she is very powerful. Yes, she can do a lot of things. Um, but she's not necessarily a great leader. She was great motivation to have a leader stand up like Jean, but yeah, she wasn't, she wasn't really saying, let's go everybody. She's just saying, you guys Mm -hmm. suck. I don't, I'm leaving. Exactly. And you know, come if you want to live, but you're not going to help me at all. Yeah. And I yeah and Jean was able to take something of a kind of messed up motivation by Mikasa and turn it into something that that uh, <laughs> was worth fighting for with worth going after in the suicidal direction or the reckless direction um I let me see I had a quote from Mikasa that uh she says during this time um She says, I am a warrior. Know this. I have the power to strike down all titans that block our path. And then she says, if I lose, I die. If I win, I live. Um, And she speaks a lot in eyes. There's only one moment where she says our, which is the collective. And she knows that that is their path to take. But she's not using a lot of us, our, we. Um, Oh, man statements within that whole speech that she gives um so that's so true and so I really like that you say that yeah Mikasa was there and she gave a a speech and it was mo I I almost feel like that that speech is more motivating for her like Mm -hmm. the way that I can get myself moving is knowing that nobody else will right Mm -hmm. and then she just barrels off Well, and who knows, maybe to a degree that could have worked because, you know, everyone does know that Mikasa is that skilled, but I feel like the real downfall, the downfall in this was when she was like, you all disappoint me and you suck, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Yeah. And let's be honest, why would you want to be with a person who tells you that you suck? I don't yep. know. I know this is a life and death situation, but it did give them reason to pause. Yeah, I, I understand that. I think that those are both really good points. Mm-hmm. And we also know that when Jean does get everyone to chase after Mikasa, you know, Mikasa runs out of gas because she is just bottling down her frustration over well and her anger her sadness from Aaron being gone um and so when she falls Connie you know goes to help Mikasa um 
and tells Jean he has to help the others. So Amarin is the first one that says, I'm going to find Mikasa. And Connie says, he's going to go after Amarin. Is that not the case? So it's not even... Oh, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, there is a character in a book series that I recently read that is named Amarin. And then Armin. Amarin and Armin. Oh, okay. okay, well, I feel like this is an appropriate time to plug in the book that you're reading so everyone knows. <laughs> it's A Court of Thorn and Roses, everyone. <gasps> Ooh, nice. It's a really good series. <laughs> nice. I feel like that's the series that you recommended to me. But, I um, did. But yes, <laughs> you are correct with, you know, Connie, you know, going after Armin. You know, basically that's how they all get together. And now they're split into two groups. Well, it just, I think that that further points out your, your point that you have is that Connie still wasn't even going after Mikasa. True. He was Mm -hmm. going after Armin. Like he was, he was just like, well, he's just trying to be a good guy. Let me back him up to make sure he's okay too. That's a good point. Yes. And Jean, he didn't want to. He's definitely the reluctant leader because he believes he's the last person who should be given the reins. And um, later on in episode eight, we do see that, um, you know, some of these people that Jean is leading, they get taken by the Titans. They're being eaten. But Jean still pushes them to keep moving he had a temporary setback where he was scared and all of them were mm-hmm. but he ends up getting them to move again and sweet marco marco's the guy with the freckles so sweet he comments to jean and says you know thanks man you really saved us back there you're a great leader and jean's like when they get to you know headquarters and things you know are okay spoiler but not really if you watched Jean says never you know never tell me that I'm a leader again (laughs) basically but Marco said you know I don't say you're a good leader because you're absent of fear it's because you are like us and yet you know fear exactly and you're the reason why I can be here to tell you this so I just think, you know, it'll be amazing to see how and if Jean continues to to develop as a leader. You can tell that he's gained a lot of trust and respect from his peers. Um, And Mikasa, who could have been the obvious choice to follow, wasn't. And I feel like that was just very interesting seeing that played out. Well, let's move on to uh, things that we liked. Yes. Anything we have there? Well, I just, I thought that when Mikasa had fallen and she was going to give up, she had Aaron's voice say, you've got to fight. And when she just was saying, you know, I'm so sorry, Aaron, I'm through giving up. I never want to give up again because if I die, these memories of you also die with me. Um. You know, and I just, I think it's just beautiful wording and it just shows how deep Mikasa's connection goes. Um, Because again, that's what fuels her to get back up and fight and to promise to never give up again. But what about you? What was something that you liked? Um, So this is a part of the episode that I feel like is really important, um, but we haven't really touched on it all. 
Um, it's when Armin goes looking for Mikasa and finds her in the alley. And there's two huge titans battling in front of her. And that's that's really weird. They're both 15 meter titans. Uh, one has longer hair and I can't remember what the other one looks like because I really didn't care. Um, yeah, so the, the long haired titan punches off the head of the other titan and kills it in its weak spot. Um, and Armin notices that that they're seeing this long-haired titan um, just decimate this other one and specifically going after a titan weak spot. And he, he realizes that, that they have nothing to fear over this new titan. Um, and Connie points out like, oh, it must be an abnormal uh, titan since it knows how to do hand-to-hand combat. Like they specifically point out that he has hand-to-hand combat uh, skills and that he's really just not going after them. And they make the point of maybe maybe this is wonderful for us. And I, I can't help uh, but think of a quote that Mikasa said before this, uh, this was happening. And she says, this world is cruel, but also beautiful. And that's right after the scene of seeing the Titans and remembering Aaron giving her his scarf. Um back when they were younger children went right after him and his father saved her. And I think that this just kind of carries on just seeing the, the cruelty of the Titans, but also the beautifulness of seeing one fight on their behalf or seemingly on their behalf, I guess I should say. So I just really liked that. that ending there that they had. Yes. I love that too. Okay. Let's bridge to a past episode real quick before we jump to the next one. Um, I, like I mentioned before, I feel like this moment in time with Mikasa's, you know, frailty moment um, is running parallel to the moment in time when Mikasa first met Aaron and he tells her to keep fighting. There's this surge of energy, this awakening that happens in both situations. And that is what gets her to move past this fear or disbelief and into survival mode and um you know good old Aaron he's there in both situations <laughs> so okay well I think that wraps it up for episode seven so let's move on to episode eight Okay, so we're moving on to episode eight, and the title is I Can Hear His Heartbeat, The Struggle for Trust, Part Four. And now we have Megan with a 30-second summary. Mikasa, Connie, and Armin try to make it to safety, but Armin has a thought. They should use this new Titan as a weapon and lure him to the surge at headquarters. We'll look like morons if we screw this up, says Connie, but all seem to be on board. Meanwhile, Jean tells the others that this is their shot to make it to headquarters while the Titans are distracted. Marco thanks Jean for leading them to safety. While they crash through the windows, they find that the room in HQ had been turned into a bunker by the supply team. They were there, terrified, instead of doing their job to get the gas out to the cadets and the soldiers. In the moment, Jean almost takes one of them out in his rage. A titan crashes its head to the side of a building. 
Another Titan does the same. This could be the end for them until a massive fist slams right into the two heads of the Titans, knocking them both out. The teams use this to their advantage to take back their supplies from the seven Titans who had made their way in. Thanks to Armin's plan, the Titans were eliminated and there were zero cadet casualties. They fill their ODM gear with gas and go back to see their Titan ally, who's now being attacked and cannibalized by the other Titans. Another Titan, one who had eaten a member of Armin and Aaron's team, approaches, and the ally Titan, without arms, lunges out, latches onto the Titan's neck, and uses the body to break free from the other Titans. Now that it's safe, the ally Titan collapses, and past the steam, the others can see a human body coming out of the Titan's neck. It's Aaron! Oh man, I feel like I say this every episode, but I feel like it's so intense. This this show has no breaks. No, no, it's not like over on High School Host Club or School Rumble where they're like, "Oh, it's school vacation, let's go to the beach," and it's just this. Well, I I say that this is a frilly episode, or the beach episode is a frilly episode, but really, it's the whole entire series is a frilly episode. Yeah, they do not handle you with kid gloves in Attack on Titan. Mm-mm. <laughs> okay, so now we are going to move on to themes. And the first theme that I had thought of was um, everybody acting on instinct, best chance at survival kind of situations. Um, Arm- Armin saying that uh, that the Titan's going to help them. I was like, whoa, that's a really big jump there to just after a few, I guess I want to say a few minutes because that's what we're seeing, but like not long of uh, time watching this abnormal Titan kicking other Titans butt and you're just like, okay, well, we're going to trust this Titan and we're going to lead him towards everybody else and where they're (laughs) hiding out. (laughs) Right. Basically, it's like either your mind is super quick, Armin, and you can connect the dots faster than the average person, or you are making one ginormous leap. Like, how high is your vertical? Because that was an enormous leap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so pretty much he's just acting on instinct there and and trying to make sure that they, as a society, have a, their best chance of survival. And... um. I feel like another instance is with Armin again and he, him giving his gear to a more effective cadet uh, to make it worth it. Um, I know that we talked about him giving his, um, his sword or his knife over to Mikasa and um, them making their way over. And he just, he just knew that for them to to get to HQ that she needed to make it and he was going to give over over that gear to her and so yeah mm-hmm. right and thankfully uh other people saw another option aka Connie carrying Armin um not just leaving him behind but um I totally was laughing at like my huge grin at the mention of Connie. Like <laughs> I, I am in love with this kid. I know. <laughs> I just... Sammy fangirls Connie. <laughs> um, 
But another part where Armin, I mean, really, I feel like this, as much crap as we've given Armin in the past, this is mm-hmm. finally the moment where he can shine. Oh, um, yeah. Because in addition to acting on all those other instincts, he was able, once they got to the supply room, um, he was able to make a plan for all of them to succeed. And, you know, in the moment he apologizes and was like, uh, this is kind of a half-baked plan. I'm okay if you guys don't go with this. Um, so maybe by his standards, it was half-baked. But he was all still going on those instincts, the best mode for survival. And that just shows, again, how brilliantly um, minded, thoughtful, strategic Armin's brain is. Oh, for sure. He, yeah, it didn't take him long to come up with something that I wouldn't have thought of. And <laughs> right, if you have watched at least this episode, you know that none of the other cadets are very um, strategically minded. <clears throat> Sasha with stealing the meat in the previous episodes. <laughs> like, what kind of strategy is that other than trying to make sure that your belly is full? <laughs> There's no strategy. Or, or Rhina with his um, all muscle, you know, guns blazing and then his ass joke <laughs> at the end yeah exactly <sighs> okay well the next uh, theme that I really wanted to talk about was expect the unexpected such a big theme throughout this entire episode basically it's probably the underlying moral of the entire series <laughs> of Just the entire constantly series. expect the unexpected exactly <laughs> um so you have a titan helping kill other titans aaron coming back to life question aaron, mark exclamation yeah. point what yeah. <laughs> um aaron being a titan or at least a part of a titan your fellow troops not helping you get more equipment and fighting and cowering within the headquarters. Like that was something I remember when uh, they, they had popped through uh, the glass and landed in HQ and they're like, where is everybody? And then they turn and they see people cowering and he just gets so mad and punches somebody out. Because he he just expected that if he was going to do his job and be on the front lines killing Titans, that at least the people who are supplying them with gear could give them a chance at doing their job too. And then you have a commander fleeing to the interior and leaving newbies to fight for themselves. Like, that's unexpected. Yes, and super disappointing. Well, I will say, with the whole Aaron becoming a Titan, I mean, that that is so unexpected that it's, like, crazy. You would not even think that that would be in the realm of possibility. Um, but I will say, now that they know it's a possibility they will always expect that as a possible outcome uh, when it comes to learning more about these Titans. Like maybe some of them have intelligence. And if they do, does that make them 
a superior titan or does that mean that they're part human now that they kind of are connecting these dots and especially knowing that people can be titans too even though it's crazy and not probably not common or something they expect they will always have it as a possibility well yeah and then there's this fear or this maybe even excitement of uh is this superior or more intelligent titan going to help us like the long-haired titan that is Aaron, or are they going to be more of a threat like the colossal titan or the armored titan and realizing that they have strategy like there's a whole nother level of titan now that they had never experienced before Right, and it's like, how will we know that this intelligent titan is different from the others? How can we confirm that this will stay, that this titan, aka Aaron, will always remain an ally to us, you know? So yeah, expect the unexpected. That's 100% what they're going to be doing from now on. Okay, uh, let's move on to what we liked. Uh, we can start out with you, Megan, if you want to. I'll, I'll hand the reins over to you. Okay, well, for me, I did touch on this in the last little covering, but I just loved Marco. He, just the fact that he went out of his way to acknowledge Jean and his leadership. Um. It was such a genuine compliment, and I don't think Jean would have ever thought he would make an adequate leader, but sometimes it takes a person going out of their way to say something. Um, and, I mean, because Marco could have easily not said anything, um, but the fact that he did, I feel like it will make Jean feel believe that it's a possibility that he can be a leader and contribute at a higher level. Uh, the other thing that I loved is that this allowed Armin to shine and he was total crap, not useful in the earlier seven episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but this was finally his moment and he was crucial. There was no way that any of them could have won. And Mikasa, thank again, people saying something Mikasa told Armin that he has saved her and Aaron multiple times with the brain the brain that he has and you can tell that that was huge for him too so multiple things if you're in a tough spot don't give up because we the collective we need you and what you're able to bring to the table and two, just because you're not great at something in one area uh, doesn't mean that you have nothing worthy or valuable to give. It just means that place you in a new area, a new situation, and you could be fantastic. Oh, um, definitely. But my last thing is probably Rhina making a butt joke. <laughs> and Ron calling <laughs> and about Jean saying, Jean saying like, Ryan, do you really want your last words before you die to be a butt joke? <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, that killed me. So good. You need a little bit of humor. So, Over here. 
Um, but Sammy, that was my long list of things that I loved in this really good episode. What is your thing that you loved the most? Um, so I had uh two different things that I really loved. Connie said, um <laughs> as um Aaron's Titan appears at some point. Uh, Connie says, this big, beautiful SOB is our ticket out of here. And I just, <laughs> I laughed so hard. So freaking hard. Because oh, he's just so funny. Um, and then the other thing that I really, really loved about this episode was actually in the credits when I realized that J. Michael Tatum um, is a writer on this show. And I freaked out. I absolutely love him. Um, and if you don't know who J. Michael Tatum is, uh, he does voices um, for a lot of different characters over the years. Um, a couple of notable ones is Kyoya Senpai from Oran High School Host Club, Sebastian and Black Butler, Tenya Ida from My Hero Academia, and then Erwin Smith in Attack on Titan. Um, he is just has this amazing well like he always seems to play like the educated character like or the analytical character or the snarky character (laughs) (laughs) um which is kyoya senpai in a nutshell let's be honest um but i just i absolutely love him if you don't follow him on tiktok you should because he has very fun tips on uh, being a voiceover actor and then just with his two French bulldogs that he has they are amazing <laughs> J. Michael Tatum uh, plug whoop, whoop. <laughs> you're amazing love you and love your partner yep. <laughs> Sammy's your biggest fan <laughs> yeah um, and then I guess we can make our way to bridging past episodes um, honestly like we, we find out this episode that uh, Aaron is the abnormal Titan with the long hair. I keep calling him, like I go back and forth between calling him the abnormal Titan or the Titan with long hair. Um, In my notes, I refer to him as the elf like Titan. because <laughs> He's got those pointy ears and no one else has pointy ears. To me, he looks like an elf. He does kind of look like an elf <laughs> with exposed name. teeth. Yes, exactly. It's like, you got to get creative with these names, like Creepy yeah. Santa, uh, Elf Like <laughs> Titan, you know, it is. Yeah. So, so we just see, um, we can kind of look back on understanding more of why the long-haired Titan acted the way that he did. I mean, lots of yelling and that weird Titan yell that he does, um, right. in heads of other Titans. Um, right just decimating and protecting exactly well and i think this makes it more poignant when when aaron as a titan is getting cannibalized like all these titans are trying to eat him this abnormal who the group of cadets recognize oh well actually it's armin who recognizes because he's the one who's there He says, that abnormal titan is the one that ate Thomas. And it totally makes sense to why Aaron, Titan Aaron, would recognize this abnormal and just, like, in a surge of, 
you know, that classic Aaron raid, just jump and latch onto that guy's neck as if to be, you know, vengeful. Like, you ate my friend. I recognize you as one that took out someone I cared about and I'm going to end you. Um, you know, and the fact that Aaron was able to do this armless makes it like really cool. Yeah, no, um, that was <laughs> his fight scenes as a uh, Titan were very, very gruesome. I will say that um, if anybody else felt that way. Well, I feel like it just um, emphasizes the rage that the internal rage that Aaron has. But now he is able to act on that rage due to his Titan strength. I also want to clarify who the heck Thomas is, because you might think like, I don't know who Thomas is. He's not part of like this certain, you know, core group of people. He's the one who was shocked that Aaron chose to be in the scouts and not the MPs. But later that day or the next day told Aaron he was inspired by him and his speech and said that he would join the scouts too. So he was one of those lives that Aaron changed and, you know, he never got to go to the scouts, but he did go out strong. Well, it seems like that wraps up episode eight for us. Uh, Why don't we make our way over to episode nine? So last episode, episode nine, the title of this was called Whereabouts of His Left Arm, The Struggle for Trust, Part 5, which is a very bizarre title, but it's what it is. (laughs) So Sammy, why don't you give us our 30 second summary? There is a flashback to the reaction of the crowd as the scouts return. Captain Levi is focused on as one of the best. It then cuts to Levi and his crew decimating Titans trying to keep trying to help the city. Many scouts still died, but they were able to make a dent in the amount of Titans in the city. There is a dream of Aaron being in the stomach of the Titan that ate him. He then grows angry and bursts forth from its stomach as the abnormal Titan that helps Mikasa and Armin. He kills lots of Titans and allows the cadets to make their way back to HQ. Aaron wakes up from the dream to find that he is now surrounded by guards and protected by Armin and Mikasa. As he is being questioned if he is human or titan, he remembers that his father told him that everyone's life hinged on Aaron being able to control this power. At that point, Aaron half turns himself into the titan to protect Mikasa and Armin from a cannon fired by the guard. (sighs) Love me some Captain Levi. (laughs) He's finally (laughs) made a more formal appearance. Yep, he's not just the (laughs) The grumpy face in the back of the group anymore. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So as I mentioned at the very beginning, we want to talk more about leadership again because it played out so heavily in these three episodes. Um, But with this one, it's not so much Mikasa and Jean anymore. It's more about the commander again, the one who has the crazy beard and mustache. Um, He makes an appearance at the very end, but then also Captain Levi. Um, Captain Levi, I'm just going to get this out of the gate now. 
I absolutely love him. He is wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) He's quite witty. Yeah, I love all things Captain Levi for me. Um, But I think that this really reminded me about how awesome of a leader he is and how he really does take care of his subordinates. Um, He does not, you know, once they gain his trust, he, you know, does everything he can to maintain it. So um, there's one instance where one of his comrades gets basically chomped on by a titan and Levi takes down this titan but unfortunately this comrade didn't make it and they're surrounded by three titans Petra comes and so he says go help this fellow comrade and he allows the other two soldiers with Petra to go after one of the titans so he can handle the two and he doesn't shame them that he's more capable and they're not or anything the exact opposite of Mikasa quite frankly yeah definitely. and um you know after he handles those two titans in a hilarious fashion <laughs> He then makes sure that he goes to this soldier to comfort him before he dies, including holding his bloodied hand, which, you know, Captain Levi, we just saw him wiping his hand because he thought the blood was disgusting. So the fact that he put aside his disgust for this blood, he and was able to just embrace this soldier in his final moments was very poignant especially when we compare it to another commander who is of a high rank who left his team behind to go to the interior and is now responsible for taking out Aaron you know yeah and I honestly I did not even note the disgust of Captain Levi wiping off blood and then taking the hand of um, one of his crew. I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And the other thing is when he's trying to, to gain comfort uh, or or when the soldier is trying to gain comfort and he says, just please tell me that it's worth it. Please tell me that it's worth it. And Levi goes into this explanation of everything that he did was worth it. And Petra tells him, like, I, I think he's gone. And Levi makes the um, makes a point of asking, do you think that he heard it before he died? And she said, I think he did because of the peace that is across his face right Such now. Such a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. clearly Levi said the right words. He acknowledged that this soldier had played a crucial role in fighting the titans and he swore to that comrade that he would continue fighting for him and that was all the guy needed to hear you know and um it could have been easy to kind of brush that off you know or to make light of this or try to say like oh you're gonna make it you're gonna make it you know don't talk like that Mm -hmm. yeah but Captain Levi really did take the time to 
say what that soldier needed to hear to move on peacefully. Yeah, he didn't focus on on the man's death at all. In in my opinion, like he really focused on what he brought to the table. Exactly. And in contrast, let's just switch it over to the commander um at the very end he drives me nuts because not only did he abandon these people in the supply room, which actually makes me have a little bit more compassion about them and why they were so scared because they had no leader and no one rose up to be that leader the way Jean did. So I can't quite blame them for being fearful because their leader left them because he was fearful. Um, but we see him again when Aaron is, wakes up from this, you know, felt like a dream kind of scenario. And he, uh, Armin and Mikasa are surrounded. And this commander has the audacity to, to basically be so intent on killing Aaron either way if he said if Aaron says he's a human if Aaron says he's not and that he's a titan he seems pretty dead set on taking Aaron out anyway but it's like he's part of the garrison unit who made his way to the interior so there's a really big chance he's never seen a titan there's a really big chance that he the reason why he was so hard on Aaron was so he could be kind of like the hero for killing the traitorous human Titan. And there's a, a really, really big chance that he never saw Aaron fighting the Titans with his own eyes. And so just by his own fear and I don't know, kind of out to get this person mentality he almost kills Aaron who really is this vital asset and because he's on edge his whole team is on edge as well and it just oh, definitely. makes it an even bigger contrast to Captain Levi well and um I don't know if you remember this part but um the other people of um Mikasa Armin and Aaron's group are put on a gag order to not say anything of what they've seen. And um, that is also another call by this commander, I guess. And I, I want to say that that's rightfully so because they don't want anything to get out until things are decided. But also at the same time, it allows this commander who fleed the interior to do whatever he wants with Aaron and if it doesn't get out that Aaron turned into a Titan and he decides to kill him then he can make sure to eradicate the rest of the people who knew so that I don't know it just it gives him a lot of control he he uses fear as control right in this episode for yep. sure and definitely way too much power in this sort of situation um, absolutely, because, yeah, if he was able to successfully take out Aaron, you know, the truth would have been buried because of that gag order. 
And the rest of the people who saw would have been fearful of saying anything. So, yeah, you are right. And definitely he had way too much power in thinking he was very important. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. But, yeah, super contrasting. Thankfully, that cannon didn't go off. But that was the main theme that I saw was just the leadership between those two. So let's move on to the things that we liked. Obviously, okay. you know, all things Captain Levi for me. <laughs> but Sammy, <laughs> yes. what was one of your favorites? Okay, well, to go off of Captain Levi, um, <laughs> I some of my favorite parts were him uh, this episode. Uh, I put in his first lines that he speaks is um, there are some people that are saying like, Oh, there's captain Levi. He's the best of the best. And captain Levi hears this and he goes, spare me, please. And I was just like, (laughs) and that is captain Levi. (laughs) I love him. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, they, to cut to another scene of him uh you know just taking down titan after titan and he makes like okay i couldn't i couldn't hear him very well so i did put on the captions for this just to see what he was saying to these titans Mm -hmm. and he says things like let's take it like a man shall we and then he says stuff like (laughs) disgusting (laughs) i just think Oh, the commentary to keep yourself alive in in those moments where you're just killing things. I know. And the moment where he's like, I know you can't help being as hideous as you are, but I really (laughs) can't help staring at the sight of you. You did the best (laughs) to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Just, I guess you must be that amazing if you can take out as many titans as you are and still make time for these kind of quips you know what i'm saying um but i did love also again captain levi this interaction between him and this crazy woman with goggles who spoiler Uh, not spoiler will later learn she's hanji and the only reason why i'm saying the name is because there are way too many nameless characters right now and so if there's a name at this point, I'm just going to say the name. But this woman is important and her name is Hanji. And she is so excited to meet more Titans. And Captain Levi goes, I think we've got the biggest abnormal yet. And she's like, really? Where? And he just grabs her by the head and is like, I mean you. It just cracks me <laughs> up. It was so good. And yet again, it's Another character in a nutshell. It is Hanji and Hanj Hanji. I said um, Hanji. In, in a nutshell, like she is nuts. Oh, absolutely crazy! Totally, you really get to know her just by those like few moments. She's insane, loves Titans, but isn't afraid to kill them either. She's quite the character. But, um, okay, let's jump to connection to past episodes, because to me, there were quite a few. Yes. Go for it. Well, I feel like the biggest is, one, we get the giant flashback on where the scouts were to show where the scouts were. Because if you were me, like, for the first time, you were probably thinking, 
where the heck are these scouts? Didn't they just come back? Why aren't they helping? You yes. know, and this yeah. shows like, yep, they were in fact here. You know, while while Aaron got eaten by the Santa Claus Titan, this was also going down in this area. So that was super clarifying for a lot of people. Um, but we also got more special key action. Oh, yes, we did, didn't we? Mm-hmm. The special key. Um, this is when Aaron gets more flashback where Grisha says, whenever you see this key, I need you to think this thought. I must go to the cellar. And, you know, he also says things like, let their memories be your guide. One day the truth will come out. I swear to you, it is yours to make. Mikasa's life, Armin's life, everyone's life depends on you being able to control this power. <laughs> Which, I mean, really, that just left me with more questions, but. Um, yeah, because Grisha is hella cryptic. <laughs> I know. It's like, could you not be so like metaphorical like can you literally tell me what the heck you mean by you know what's what truth do you say is going to come out you know this power is controllable what is even this power because at the time Aaron had no freaking clue he was going to turn into a titan Um, and then the let their memories be your guide it's like who's they you know (laughs) I I mean it does connect to past episodes but it also makes you be like what the heck do you mean by it all I don't know yeah um so kind of to go on with let their memories act as your guide I did have to pause and look at the closed captioning for this one to see exactly what he was saying uh-huh um, and maybe this will clarify it for some people it gave me a little bit of clarity <gasps> clarity but i uh but also not none at the same time so oh. <laughs> don't get too excited um but he says when the abilities confuse you let their memories act as your guide so i'm wondering if like when he is a titan the abilities of his titan body confuse right. him like just let his I, I think of more like muscle memories like the way that he is reacting to things and how he is doing things let them guide Aaron in moving forward but honestly let's be honest like that is still super effing cryptic I, I know. know and it's like Grisha you are literally telling your 10 11 12 year old son in the middle of the night in a panic you're sweating you're like freaking out um (laughs) you know how on earth is any of this supposed to stick but you know we do get the flashback and um we still don't know where grisha is like where the heck are you grisha but um yeah we're just we get a little bit of answers but we also get a whole lot more questions oh so many (laughs) so many (laughs) which is another nice feature about attack on titan you answers a lot more questions (laughs) (laughs) okay well sammy we have wrapped up these last three episodes so now let's go on to our mvp and i'm gonna let you start (laughs) okay So Megan and I talked about this beforehand, and we've decided to uh, give a disclaimer as 
yes, we know that we should pick Aaron or Armin, um, but our MVPs are not those two people. Let's just sorry, be but not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so don't get mad at us uh, for this. But my MVP, MVP, not NVP, um, is Connie. Can I just Connie! say? It- he is like the constant current that is behind everybody. He tries to help Mikasa and um, Armin. He tries to chat with Jean and telling him that like he was, you know, very supportive of what he he's done as a leader and um, just being there constantly trying to help. Um, and then also being really great comedic relief. Um, and <laughs> yes. there is there is a power to somebody who um, kind of uplifts you, like says, oh, that's a great idea or kind of seconds whatever idea that you have to, to give you just a little bit more confidence. And I think that Connie is that person. And I love him. Connie is great. I love him, too. <laughs> Um, in my heart of hearts, I hope that him and Sasha get together because I think they'd be so cute. Sometimes they have really cute moments and I'm like, are we going to have some Sasha Connie action? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Connie was great and he definitely played a bigger role in these last three episodes. Um, this will come as no shock to anyone, (laughs) but I've got to say Captain Levi. (laughs) And before you all go, like, he was only in this last episode. I don't care. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) He was so amazing that he beat out everyone. Yes, including Titan Aaron. Titan Aaron can get an honorable mention. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) And my MVP list. Yeah. (laughs) But okay. So that is it, everyone. We hope that you liked it. We hope that... You know, we brought some things into your attention that you're like, holy crap, I wouldn't have even thought it that way. Or if you yourself had some thoughts, please share them with us. We would love to hear from you. Please follow us on Instagram or TikTok under Little Bit Weebish, or write us an email and let us know what you think at littlebitweebish at gmail.com. And join us next week when we go over episodes 10, 11, and 12. And yeah, that is it. Join us next week. We hope to hear from you. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.